0: Welcome to another installment of Collective Conversations. I am your host, Mike Brewer, and today I am joined by Rob Hayden, co-founder and CEO at Renew. Rob, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure.
0: Excellent. I understand you're down in South Florida right now. I'm a little bit jealous of that.
1: Uh, It is a a nice sunny day in South Florida. So yeah, I, I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I can tell you one thing. I'm not looking forward to the weather here in Atlanta. I think we peaked into the 80s today, and the you know what comes along with that in Atlanta. Ugh, it's like the last concerned. turn.
1: We we had like a 68 degree day the other day, and it was like, wait, really? No, no, no. It's 100 percent humidity the next day. So,
0: oh, yuck! I hate that. Oh well. Hey Rob, I I I want to first and foremost thank you for for coming on, spending a little time with us, investing some of your time with the uh, Multifamily Collective. I uh I want to start it, it seems like a good starting point. Congratulations on the launch of Renew. I I just have to ask how does it feel to to launch into the space?
1: It it feels wonderful. You know, I won't lie though it it was a conscious decision for us uh my co-founder and I Kevin Murphy we were from the beginning, like we need to take our time. We need to build the right thing. We need to, you know, and then we started to realize we liked keeping it under wraps. We liked sort of controlling, you know, all of it. And and I think about six months ago, we realized, okay, it's time, time to share it. Uh, so it's nice to share it with the world, but also a little sad that we don't have our secret anymore.
0: <laughs> I love it. I I had to tell you, I, so Darcy Forbes divorced for you. She she'd reached out. Gee whiz, it seems like it's 12 months ago, maybe it was longer than 12 months ago. And I, I'm like, yeah, I'd love to have him on the podcast. Let's get him on. And she's like, eh, <laughs> I, I think we want to keep it under wraps for a little while. And so I, to speak to your point, <laughs> really, that's Darcy saying
1: he doesn't have his stuff together. So he needs another year. He needs another year till he's. <laughs> to tell you.
0: Well, okay. So your launch now, I know that you got a uh, little bit of seed money. And I, so I'm interested, unpack renew for us uh for the audience we have both listeners and, and people who listen on the podcast version of this but uh tell us what you're up to as, as it relates to the launch and the seed money that you that you're able to do it with sure
1: absolutely so so at its core renew is a renewal and retention platform for large institutional owners small regional owners uh, any size of operator in the multifamily or single-family rental space What we do is we take the gargantuan task of processing tens of thousands of renewals or for some folks, hundreds of renewals a month, and we make that simpler for executives to view, make that more efficient for regional folks to view, and make that work for site teams to free them up to focus on sort of more important things that are not sort of the the baseline tasks around renewal. And so we supercharge that part of the process. The interesting thing that we can get into later is renewal is this sort of... Untapped world where there's just like a lot of NOI meat on the bone, so to speak, that we've started to uncover, and and so we've started to show our partners, you know, and they've shown us there's a lot of really cool ways to get a lot of value just off of improving the way you do renewals. But there's sort of this second piece of the puzzle, which is why we went with the very obvious name of Renew, which is we are trying to help folks think about retention in a totally different way, and we're trying to say. The word renew and what it means to renew isn't just the binary transaction of signing the same lease for another year. It's actually, or it should actually be a question of would you like to renew as our customer, whatever you might need or wherever you might be going. And so that's the other part of the platform. It's helping understand the residents needs, adapting to it and saying, want to stick around for another year as our customer, wherever you might be going or whatever you might
0: so I'm deeply curious, where did that, where did that concept come from, right? It, it makes absolute sense, but I'm wondering, were you just sitting around brainstorming and that particular question comes up and you start to market it? I'm just curious.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to pretend that it was like this, you you know, uh, eureka moment that Kevin and I like high-fived and we're like, yeah, we have a business. The backstory actually starts, um, you know, in mid 2020 COVID era, Kevin and I uh, were at a business called Jetty, which is a financial services uh, provider for the multifamily and single family space. And you know, we were working with a lot of large institutional partners. And obviously during COVID, as you know, some of us you know all remember, there's a lot of hardship for both renters and properties. Yeah. And true statement, you know, we were a financial services provider, and so a lot of folks came to us saying, How else can you help us help our customer? And you know, not to not to sound you know, too shocked, but it was really impressive the way we saw a lot of operators saying we need to do things to help our residents and we want to build a better, longer term relationship with the renter. And, you know, not that we, again, were shocked, but it was really wild that we heard it over and over. And so Kevin and I said, okay, I think there's something here. Maybe we can figure out a product, maybe it's financial services, who knows? that's going to help build a long-term relationship with a with a renter between a property or a operator and a renter and we thought of a bunch of different ideas and we and we talked to a lot of our our friends in the industry and basically everyone said the same thing to us which was i don't care that's not going to help me and we were like we were shocked i'm not going to tell you the terrible ideas that we had but but we were like what why why don't you care about this and everyone came back with the same exact answer which was Well, my customer churns just about every 18 months. And so I can invest all the time and effort I want, but it's only going to be 18 months times X, right? Right, And so we said, oh my gosh, that's the problem. And the rest of these things are wonderful. And we should be thinking about how to add value elsewhere, but the connectivity is the problem. And so we said, okay, well, where does it all fall apart? And as we kept looking and looking and looking, the renewal moment was the obvious moment. That's the moment that the renter says, I'm gone. And and so that that was sort of the beginning of okay, we need to focus on this moment and think about it as an opportunity.
0: That I mean I appreciate you unpacking that. I was I was deeply curious. When I was reading, I read a few articles um leading up to our, our time here, and I was like, that is a cool question. I wonder where that came from. So the the other we're gonna kind of go in all different kinds of directions here, but you you've used the term hotelification, which yeah. I think is interesting. Tell me a little bit more about that.
1: Sure. So, so some of the trends that were were like you know b- blinking green lights, I guess you could say, in our face, were you know you saw a few years ago some consolidation start on the management side of the industry. I mean, it, it's you know always been occurring, but you saw some of the bigger managers getting bigger, um, and then you saw some of the bigger owners, you know, whether via acquisition or development or otherwise, getting bigger and bigger. And so you started to see this idea of like, oh wow, there's these interesting networks forming but there isn't necessarily technology that sort of appreciates that network. So that was like a first thing we're like, okay, there's consolidation and larger businesses. The second was, you know, there's a, there's an article from biz now from like three or four years ago. And it was MAA saying, we're trying to look at things like loyalty. And we've seen a lot of great companies pop up in that space, right? Focusing on loyalty type products. We're like, okay, that's, that's interesting. That's coming. Right. Uh, and, and then third, you see it in in LinkedIn, which is a lot of the professionals that are on the hospitality side have started coming into multifamily and single family. rental. And to me, it was just like, Oh my gosh, what happened in hotels over the last 20 years? There's, you know, not exactly the same thing is going to happen, but some, some similar threads are being pulled and there's a lot of technology that needs to be built in order to make that happen.
0: Yeah. That, that makes a ton of sense. I, it's funny. I literally just read an article today about, uh, somebody that's exiting the hotel space and moving into the multifamily space. And I have to imagine if that's baked into your DNA, right? You're, you're going to bring the concepts and philosophies over with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that it's a net positive, uh, I believe, you know, for residents and properties like.
0: I, I agree. I agree. Okay. So hard left turn. I, I love automation. <laughs> love 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 automation and sure. i love what things like chat gpt and other you know sort of platforms are are doing to the space uh, well business at large let's put it that way so you're fully automating the renewal process and so i read through i'm not going to list all the benefits cuz that's your job so <laughs> i'm uh, i'm interested in how automation plays out in renew or how it sort of is baked into the system sure <laughs>
1: The the first thing, you know, and I think both automation and, and AI sort of share in that they're the folks that are the, the general critiques or, or fears about both of them are what does that do to the job of the person who works, let's say in our specific instance, generally at a property, or what does that do for the experience for the person on the other side? Does it become like very robotic literally? You know, and so our fundamental view is that if you can use automation to eliminate rote tasks or eliminate sort of problems or loss in an experience. Okay, great. That frees up the in this case site teams or other professionals throughout an op- throughout an operator to do things that are higher value, higher leverage. A good like a good example with the hospitality example is a lot of operators we talk to say we want there to be a like a white glove treatment, right, at the property. But if the if the if the site team is doing data entry if the site team is acting as an accountant, as a, as a leasing staff member, as a like waste management rep, like, whoa, how are they supposed to give white glove treatment? And so the way we think about it is, how do we both eliminate all of those tasks, but also give them really interesting information that helps them think about how to use their time, right? Mm-hmm. And so two examples, on one side, just like the pure automation, it's, hey, Pricing comes from this system and then 36 different people touch it and then it comes out the other end and then it has to be entered manually and then we do a mail merge and then we print the PDFs and and it just goes on and on and on in terms of these tasks. How do you just make that all sort of streamline via technology so that the site team approves it as opposed to takes 15 steps to get there, right? Same thing goes with communication. We all sort of have a sense of what the communication cadence might be like around certain tasks in renewal. So how do we take the big chunks and do a lot of that communication, help the resident manage deadlines, help the operator manage deadlines so that they're not spending 30 minutes every day crafting a new email, right? That they have to send to 17 different people. I won't get too salesy. We have numbers on our website that talk about how much time we have saved folks that they, you know, have quantified with us. And it's tremendous. I mean, it's shocking. The The other piece to it, though, is not just the automation for the task elimination sense. It's how do you automate and it, sort of these interactions so that you get interesting insights. And one thing, um, you know, people are always asking with renewal is, you know, okay, how do I understand how people are, are going to renew or not? And when it comes to, you know, sort of most folks we talk to, to start, they have some sort of like spreadsheet and it's a pretty, pretty like simple thing. It says renewal, sent renewal, pending renewal. Yes. Renewal. No. And that's it. Right. (laughs) And like, I get it. That's, That's good. That's, that's like what has worked for a while, but in reality, that means you're treating every single resident in this experience. You're spending equal time. What we're finding is that if you do a little work beforehand, right? and it it shockingly breaks out this way pretty consistently, a couple of months before renewal periods really get going, you have three cohorts, the people that are absolutely leaving, the people that are absolutely staying, and the people that are on the fence. And if you just have 100 renewals and you shrink the population down to 33, your site team can spend a lot more time with white glove service on the 33 that they need to convert, they can, of course, tend to these customers as well, these residents as well. But it's a different amount of time.
0: That that totally makes sense to me. So, So the way I see that in my head, and, and certainly correct me if I'm wrong, is through automation, you get price, you get approval, you distribute to the residents. And well, let me back up. Prior to that even happening, you're sending out sort of a touch point communication. Hey, what is your intention? And you get some feedback as it relates to that. Then we get this process where you pull price and then create these individualized experiences. Is that the right way to think about that?
1: Exactly. And you you actually snuck in my favorite part at the end with the individualized experience. Because it's 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 fundamentally different than leasing where... At a leasing experience, you don't know anything about the people necessarily who are submitting their interest in an apartment, right?
0: Right. This is a chondo
1: off the street. And, you know, maybe you've worked with other providers that are helping you understand who these leads are. The difference with renewal is this is your customer. You know a lot about them. And and now it's really just how do we take that information and craft a picture and then also ask the resident to amend and append to that information in a way that helps us say, Got it. So you're not just going to follow this linear path. That's okay. We understand that. Let me help you as you go on maybe a windier path, but I can still guide you in a way that either A, serves my sort of desires as, a, as an operator to retain you, or B, if I can't retain you, maybe I can still help you so you can boost my MPS score or tell your friends that you had a great experience. Um, there's a real opportunity. Yeah.
0: I love that. I just, I just had this vision in my head, uh, not to suggest this is part of the system, but it's like, from that individualistic uh, experience that you might create if you had some behavioral data meaning you know they love to eat at this restaurant or they love to do this thing because they share those things on and somehow you bake that into the an incentive piece where hey you're you're doling out things that they enjoy doing in the neighborhood so you make it even more sticky but anyway, that's yeah. a total side note you so. I have to imagine this sort of lens leads into like, if I'm an asset manager and I'm trying to forecast, you know, renewals and well intention and then renewals based on that intention. Is there forecasting mechanisms built into this? So built in uh, to answer that specifically, we provide a lot of information
1: that folks use to forecast. So we're not, we don't have a forecasting tool per se. We know what the inputs are and we serve those up. Um, So, to give you an example, uh, and to, to sort of go to the beginning, you know, Kevin and I have been around this space uh, for quite a long time, Kevin longer than I, uh, Kevin was at Rempath for, for a number of years before we worked together at Jetty. And one thing we know to be true, sort of uh, right after the requirement that the product has to work for every step within the ladder of the operator, you know, from the C-suite to regional VPs, to RPOs to site teams, and of course for the resident, you also have to show up with a product that shows an operator a tangible ROI from the moment they start using it right because everyone knows there's a lot of tech vendors in the space and if you're not showing that pretty quickly folks are not going to stick around and so we were hunting for like what what's what is the thing that people can wrap their arms around immediately with this product and and that is one of them which is speeding up the time to decision, not just the time to a renew yes, but a time to a renew yes or to a notice to vacate is tremendously powerful for what it can do for forecasting, which also of course impacts rent pricing and for vacancy loss, right? And so what we set out to do and a lot of the technology here is actually the B2C part of the platform, which is interacting with the resident. There's a lot of things that we have been trying and testing and learning how to get someone to say, I know what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sit on this anymore. Let me tell you my answer. Because if you think about, and sorry, this is turning into a long answer, but it's my favorite topic. Please. <laughs> think of like the classic example, right? Is you send out this renewal offer to someone who already knows, let's say they're buying a home. Let's say they they know there's no way to retain this person, right? Yeah. And you send this out, you know, 60 to 90 days before their lease ends. They're like, whatever. And they throw it in a drawer because they sort of assume, well, I'm leaving. What, 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 what's anybody going to do to me anyways? And in reality, they don't have a problem with telling you, maybe they're a little afraid you're going to stop fixing their light bulbs or responding to their maintenance requests. And so they just sit on it. Meanwhile, they get to maybe 15, 20 days left on their lease. And they finally get that message from the site team saying, look, you had to give us 60 day notice and you haven't given it to us, tell us and then give notice. Now, of course, you got to turn and market the apartment and there's vacancy loss there. There's very simple things that, that we've started to test and do that can drive that response way, way, way earlier. Right? And so our, our stat there is, we see that both for yes renewals and NTVs, we see that folks are responding on our platform on average, as an average, 72 days before the end of the lease. And that is like a banana's impact on vacancy. loss.
0: Yeah, that, that truly is. Yeah. It's great. It seems like like you also avoid that scenario to use your example. Somebody decides to give notice, you know, 28 days prior to the end of their lease, not realizing that their lease actually says you have to give a notice 30 days in advance or in, so you avoid the conversation of, Hey, you got to, you know, like a holdover fee or some other fee associated with, you know, things like that. So I, I'm interested, I, I'm thinking this through in my head, I get, so it's like, is it like a bot interaction that you're using to, to facilitate this conversation on the front side? Is that, is that the right way to think about it?
1: It's, it's, it's all sort of digital communication, right? So everything across the spectrum, we have SMS as well, email. And so it's, it's basically... We try to figure out where the resident's willing to communicate with us. Of course, they can sort of, you know, opt out. And so, yeah, we we try to sort of get to them across a bunch of different deadlines, all, you know, of course, around renewal. And so we set it out for them in the product and we say, here's the schedule of events that are about to occur. To your point, here's the oh, thresholds, yeah. you know, and, and this, the, the wild thing is that's generally included in your renewal letter, maybe. But it's like a wall of legalese and text. Right. And so <laughs> uh, simple things like. Here's the calendar of what's about to happen over the next 60 days. And here's reminders and things like that goes a very long way.
0: So I get a communication. I love that. You're meeting the, the consumer where they're at in the way that they like to be communicated um, in, with. And so I get a, a communication and walk me through, let's say I decide that I'm going to renew. What, what happens next in that scenario? yes sure. i'm renewing
1: sure so the there's a couple of, and i and i want to make sure to to explain one of the, like complicated part that we have tried to simplify for folks um, in the experience so for folks that are going to renew and know they're going to renew there still are a lot of a lot of ways to sort of optimize their experience uh, both for the property and for the resident one of those ways is something we call dynamic pricing which is effectively the earlier you respond the better sort of the terms of your renewal offer might be or will be right. And there's a lot of folks who have done this with a PDF, right? Where they say, you know, if you respond in the first two weeks, here's the rate. If you respond in the, the next two weeks, here's the rate. Right. And what we found though, is that folks generally close the door on the renewal window after let's say four weeks, because that pricing is no longer sort of current. Right. Whatever, whatever revenue management system you're using, if you run that again, it's a different price. And so they don't want to guarantee that price for longer than a month. But in reality, what happens in hand to hand sort of interaction with the property is they're still trying to save that resident if they don't respond in the first four weeks. Right. And so it ends up being this false deadline that gets very confusing. The resident thinks, Oh no, it's over. The property doesn't understand. Do I need new approval for this pricing? Do I just use the same pricing? What is the pricing? and so we've built these sort of tools to allow a property however they want to to sort of set incremental pricing and extend deadlines if they so choose right
0: got it So that
1: they got don't it. create that false deadline and so i just wanted to include that in there because i think it's a really cool point um which also by the way drives speed of response
0: yeah i can um, see that but then
1: to your to your actual question so okay the resident selects that offer they want to renew great that gets sent into the site team they get a notification Hey, this person's in. Or do you approve this rate? There's sort of like another check on the back end for that resident, right? Oh, yeah. uh, because what we hear from most site teams is a lot of times that pricing got through a long list of folks. And before the final lease is, is sort of generated, they want to make sure that it still looks like it looked when it started, right? Um, for a lot of reasons. And so at that point, the resident still has some things to do before they even sign the lease, which is something that I think other folks talk a lot about wanting to sort of um, get this from residents. But what we find when we talk to partners mm-hmm. is they don't really get a set of updated information from the resident. Right. Understood. And, and yep. the reason that we think this is so important is the, the renewal moment for renters, you know, is the biggest financial decision probably that they're going to be making all year. Right. Oh, and yeah, so most for most folks, it's like, doing your taxes and renewing your lease. Like those are kind of your like annual checkups. And we basically realize that for properties, they know that a lot of things are changing about their residence over the course of, let's say a 12 month lease, right? Simple things like you changed your email, but more complicated things like you changed your name or you changed your roommate or you got a dog or you bought a car right and those things are very important for the property both from like a data cleanliness perspective from a compliance perspective and frankly from a selling of rentable items perspective right there's there's sort of a lot that can happen there and so we put the resident through this experience that we sort of jokingly internally call our turbo tax moment which is like what changed this year mike like tell us (laughs) about how can we help you sort of get those ducks in a row um, and, and that's sort of the next big piece that the resident experiences.
0: I like, so you have these exchanges where you're just basically help having the consumer clean up their data in a, in a way, Correct. get that data real good and rich in your system. Okay. And then, so then what if, what if I want to, I'm playing the resident here. What if I wanted to negotiate my rate? Great question. I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a
1: let's say a, not so far as to say controversial, but I think that opinions differ from operator to operator on how to manage that. Right. Um, So we have tools within the product that lets the resident raise their hand and say, I have a budgetary issue here and I'd like to discuss it. Now, certain partners of ours want the site team professional to take over that conversation at that moment and can interact with the resident through the platform. And for, in you know, for, for right now, it's a really interesting sort of challenge to talk to operators and say, okay, we want this to happen. You, you, do you want that to happen? And they say, yeah, we want that to happen. We want to try to retain the resident, but the important part is we want to know what happened. So a lot of times mm-hmm. just to give you an example, we'll, we'll go and do some reporting for, let's say, you know, some, some sort of C-suite or executive folks, and we'll talk about pricing. We'll talk about what we've been seeing. And we'll say something that we think is pretty normal. We'll be like, yeah, you know, uh, this was this renewal rate. This was the speed to decision. It looks like 6% of offers at that property were negotiated last month. And there's always a revenue manager whose eyes lights up. And they're like, I'm sorry, what? Uh, I didn't know that. Right. And what we realize is that there's sort of like a data, data back and forth issue there where they don't necessarily get the full picture till much later on what's going on around negotiations. And so that's part of what we're trying to to bring to light across the organization.
0: That that makes sense. I I, I was curious about that because and yeah, I would definitely want to hand that off to a human at that point. I think at some point it becomes rich enough that you can have that exchange digitally, but yes, it, it seems like right now. <laughs> I okay, so i we'll call it a hard right turn this time. I I was reading. I can't remember which article I was reading, but I'm going to use the the phrase or the prompt marketplace, you've created a marketplace, right? Which is a dynamic in the, in the world today. If you're versed in technology, it's, it's fantastic to create marketplaces. And you, you think about what you're doing in automating the renewal system and you're gleaning some data where people are actually turning in notice to vacates, but you've gone in my head, another, a whole, to a whole other level in that you're, now that you have that insight you've actually created a marketplace around that. So unpack that for us. That's pretty cool. Sure,
1: yeah, it, it, it is something really interesting. And I think as far as technology in the space goes, um, I think it's, and we're not alone in this, there's a lot of really interesting new companies that are taking sort of a next step in trying to use technology to improve upon or extend the business model within. within mm-hmm. Um, as opposed to sort of like, how do we just digitize what we do already? That's important. But of course, how do we think now that we have these tools, like how can we think a little bit differently uh, to improve our business model? And so one of the things that we realized when we were having all those conversations about people wanting to extend the lifetime value of their customer or the relationship with the resident beyond 18 months was, well, if the residents leaving uh, Austin, Texas and moving to San Antonio, well, Guess what? We have a property in Austin and San Antonio. And the more people we talk to, they said, well, we do, a, you know, and everyone has a different name for this, but we do some sort of in house transfer or some sort of movement. And don't get me wrong. There are some companies that, that have really th- well thought through programs, but a, a lot of them sort of boil down to does the, the, does the leasing agent at the site, number one, think about the fact that there's a portfolio and then number two, remind the resident. Oh, no, we have we have a property in San Antonio. Let me call up Joe who, who works in that property. And there's just there's a lot there that's sort of left up to chance. Uh, it's by no means visible or systematic or anything like that. And so we said, okay, let's look at that. And as we started to look at it and the the, the quick stats on sort of you know the flow of people through the industry, you know, I know now it's not quite 50% turnover, but let's say sort of mid 40s percent turnover, about 75% of those folks remain active qualified renters, right? So that means the outflow from a building is primarily filled with very qualified leads. And so the idea, basically, it's not, you know, not, not, you know, rocket science is, how do we redirect that traffic to our properties? How do we use this as a retention opportunity uh, throughout our portfolio and make it very easy for one of our customers to say yes to another one of our properties? Uh, that's like the fundamental yeah. beginnings of that marketplace.
0: I I, I love that, you, and you're so right. The, the I spent a lot of years on site, and I who knows I can't count the number of times that we you know I, I worked for Equity Residential, and so obviously it had a footprint all over the place. Right. Yeah. yeah, and if you didn't mention if you didn't mention it to the renter. <laughs> that we have a property in that state, right? You've lost them. You potentially have lost them. You potentially keep them, but you don't know which is the point.
1: Right. So it, promoting it, the property. And add that to the list for the site team member, right? Like uh, doing the accounting, the renewals, the maintenance, and then I'm reselling for that guy's building. Like what am I, you know, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> here's, here's our binder of 700 things you have to remember every day of the week <laughs> because <laughs> you're going to need one at least 35. of them. I, exactly. So there was another piece of the marketplace that I thought was interesting potentially reselling the lead, right? Talk to us about that because sure. that's pretty cool too.
1: <laughs> one of one of the favorite things that our partners tell us in the first few months of using the product, in, in the, in the hard part of this is we want them to say the renewal thing changed my life or the retention changed my life. One of the things that they say is it's so interesting to see where all my residents are searching. And At the end of the day, you know, let's say we have an operator on the platform that's primarily East Coast and, you know, we are able to aggregate this information and say, look, your residents searched these geographies, these price points within this retention marketplace. And by the way, 10% of them are looking in California. So like that's a customer you're never going to retain if every single asset you have is is sort of on the East Coast. And so there's an opportunity there to work together with other operators and effectively monetize that outbound traffic, right? And, and sort of think about it as we're paying effectively Google to to be the very top of the funnel and resurface our own leads for us, right? Yeah, so why not as right. an industry think about it a little more collectively and say, hmm, let's skip Google and and send it to one another. And by the way, the important part there though, is that it drives a, a really good resident experience also right? How yeah. can we make it yeah. so that the resident doesn't have to start over? Because guess what? We have that information. And if they're going to travel over our superhighway here, let's make it really easy for them on the other side of it. That's the fundamental piece there that I think is obviously really important as a differentiation.
0: Look, I I did not know that before, let's say 45 minutes ago when I read that. And, and I love your platform. And I love the consumer experience, the team member experience, the Taking the friction out of the system, but when I read that, <laughs> I've I've forever railed against ILSs and, and other ways to market you know property market your property, but you know and I for all the reasons like you you look like the next guy and you pay up and you pay all these dollars and cents for looking like your competitor, <laughs> at least as it relates to the to the marketing presentation. And I thought, oh wow, oh wow, you just cut it out completely, potentially.
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's uh, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of value that certain platforms create at the top of the funnel. I think that they, the interesting thing is for a customer who's your customer, they're searching for another product while they're still your customer. And I think a lot of folks sort of throw their hands up and, and, and say, well, I don't know what to do about that. Um, but I think there's a lot of opportunities to say, well, you're still, you're still my customer. So maybe I can help you. Uh, maybe I can help you figure out the next thing.
0: Yeah. And I, and just think about that. If they move to the West coast and they decide to come back to the East coast at some point, because you've facilitated or helped facilitate that, that piece of the transaction, you're, you're probably the first property they think about, right. When they come back.
1: It's, you're absolutely right. It's, I, I think that the folks that have really enjoyed our product from the beginning are folks that think about the long time horizon. Like you just said, like that's, it's changing sort of the way we think about some of these things from highly transactional, right? To much more relational, much more long-term, much more invest. And and I think that that's, you know, a mindset that works well with the product. I think one other example just to share um, that I think is pretty cool is We see, of course, also folks who submit their notice to vacate and tell us, I'm buying a home, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe we've already uncovered that far before they actually submit their notice to vacate. In many cases, we do. And our numbers track to national averages. About 10 to 12% of folks are indicating that they're moving out of their rental to purchase a home. And there's a lot of great digital mortgage providers that are sitting there saying, times are tough right now. I really need some leads. Right. Yeah. And as an operator, you're sitting there going, you know, there's no way for me to retain this customer. There's quite literally zero way for me to retain this customer. Why don't I provide them with elevated service, show them I'm thinking about the next step of their life? And by the way, also monetize the move out by providing that person uh, that. It, yeah. Um, so it cuts it. Cuts a few-
0: I love it. I love the way you're thinking about this. It's, it's fresh. I, I can say that for yeah. sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, most definitely. Oh, let me give you an opportunity. I, I, uh, are there other aspects of renew from start to finish that we haven't covered here that you just think, man, this is something people need to know about?
1: Oh wow! You 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 read everything good. So you asked a lot of the 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 big questions. I think, I think the main takeaway that I hope you know, people get from Renew is, you know, part, of course, the what we just talked about, which is like, there's, there's so many opportunities to think about the pathways of the resident that are beyond just the binary in-unit outcome. Um, but I think one of the biggest is we want our partners when we go in to sort of remove the idea from their brain that that renewal is the exact same thing as their leasing experience. Uh, the way we we sort of think about it is, you know, in the leasing experience, everybody's coming to the same outcome pretty much, right? They're trying to sign a lease within one property. That's a many people to one outcome. Renewal is quite literally the opposite. It's a, it's a one to many. Everyone's living in one place. You know everything about them. You know when they need to decide by, but 10 different people might have 10 different outcomes, right? Now, let's say three or four of them, 40% are sort of, you're down the fairway. I'm going to renew. And that might be sort of what you could port your typical leasing experience onto. But there's the other two thirds that are going to say, actually, I need this. I need that. I want to talk about this. I'm working from home. I love it here, but I need a home office. Okay. We don't want you to churn. I broke up with my roommate. I love it here. She's moving out. I need a one bedroom now right? All these different things can happen. And so what we try to get folks to buy in on is like, there needs to be a robust consumer experience that understands that and adapts to that. It doesn't just ask them a question and wait two months to use that in a report. It asks a question and the product changes, the experience changes, and to your point, meets the resident where they're trying to go. That's the key piece for folks around the renewal moment. All
0: right. I I love it. I, I think, Rob, I think you're onto something really special and and i i think special as it relates to the the personalization piece that that we've talked about several times here but i think you know we live in a world where uh consumer behavior is driven by big companies like apple like amazon like others and sure. people get used to doing business that way right and we need to catch up <laughs> to the way the <laughs> consumer likes to do business. And, and I think what you're doing is a, is a way that, uh, it's creating a way that, uh, people who live in apartment communities, you know, they want to, they want to do business that way. They want to have a right. seamless experience for sure. That's
1: right. And I, and you're very kind to say, say some of that stuff. And I would be remiss if I, if I didn't say it. we did not, this is not some sort of, you know, brainchild that Kevin and I are just like, we've had a lot of help from amazing operators in the space who have helped us figure those things out. And so I just always want to make sure that we don't come off as the company where it's like, we're here to tell you, you know, this is how it should be done. There's been, we've had such amazing partners for the last two years that have helped us really craft how to think about it with everybody sort of across the company in mind.
0: No, I totally, I mean, shout out to the, to Holly and to yeah, Daryl. Exactly. Uh, I mean, you've really, I, I read the list of people that, that uh, you had as an advisory board. And that's, uh, those are some well-respected, incredible veterans of the industry. So yeah. I, I know you did your homework. <laughs> so, they, they were all right. Well, again, Rob, I, I absolutely appreciate you investing time with us uh, here at the Multifamily Collective. Our, our real mission is to highlight guys like you, companies like yours, and get that message out into the world any way that we possibly can just to help. I, I've been in love with this industry for 30 years now, and I feel like I'm at that point in my career where I just want to highlight people who are going to be the next generation and and build the next iteration of, of the Multifamily experience. So kudos to you. I'm excited for you. Thank you. We will do our best. I really appreciate the
1: opportunity and, and thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, definitely. Where can people, before we wrap up, where can people find you uh, or more information about Renew? Sure.
1: Um, Renew's website is heyrenew.com. So H-E-Y-R-E-N-E-W.com. And then if if you want to ping me directly, I'm Rob at heyrenew.com. Um, so We'd love to hear from you, even if it's just feedback. Um, of course, if you want to try the product, we'd be thrilled. But if you, if you just have feedback on what we said, what I said here today or what we're thinking about, um, we need all the help we can get.
0: Excellent. I, I appreciate that. We'll put all that information in the show notes for everybody. Uh, Rob, thank you again. And for everybody else, we'll see you next time on Collective Conversation.